This wrestling perspective is scheduled for one fall. First, entering the show with a combined five Major League Baseball All-Star selections between them. The team of Jason Kendall and Dimitri Young. Next, both hailing from Canada. Four-time Stanley Cup champion and the master of the storyline, Darren McCarty. And his partner from Impact Wrestling and the only true Canadian destroyer, Petey Williams. Lastly, he's the punk rocker of punk rock from the iconic band Rancid and the wrestling nerd, he's Lars Fredrickson. He's accompanied by his manager and the host of The Wrestling Perspective, Dennis Farrell. All right, guys, before we get to the intro of the show that we normally do, Dimitri and I want to take a second because we never do this. Uh, one of our favorite wrestlers passed away, and we never do a proper eulogy for a lot of wrestlers that go. But, Dimitri, our friendship is based on our love for Doom and Butch Reed. And before we get to the podcast, we wanted to take a second just to say, man, what a guy who did not get enough credit for what he did in the wrestling industry. Well, I definitely agree with that. You know, when I first got into wrestling, I was 12, 13 years old watching – WWF and WA wrestling and saw an AWA and saw him as the natural butchery and not not his original name Hacksaw butchery and then he entered WCW under a mask alongside Ron Simmons which was one of the baddest tag teams I ever seen and when they were unmasked they were even battered and we was talking earlier I didn't even know if Butch Reed under there I knew it was Ron Simmons under one of the masks but I did not know Butch Reed was under the other one, and let me tell you, that tag team was so vicious, especially me being a young young black male watching wrestling, you see some big thug brothers like that whooping ass, you know, it's kind of cool to see that, so uh, um, thank was, you, Butch Reed. At least for me, Starcade 90, the street fight between Doom and uh, two members of the Four Horsemen will probably be one of my favorites, That's that's really what cut my got me hooked on Doom. I mean, they've been around way before that, but for me personally, because, you know, I feel embarrassed to say this, but still the Black Scorpion gimmick uh, storyline was still one of my favorites that get pooped on so much. But as a kid growing up, it was still one of my favorites. So, uh, you know, sue me. Anybody else want to jump in and say anything about Butch Reed before we start the show? Yeah, you know, I mean, I I always loved Hacksaw. I mean, I'm obviously... You know, been watching wrestling, you know, since I was a little kid or whatever, but he always made a big impression to me, especially, you know, I first clocked him in NWA and, um, you know, it's just like, it's so, it's kind of sad because it's like, it's kind of like that whole generation now, there's not many of them left. And, you know, he was one of the best. He was a great performer. He had great charisma, obviously, when him and Ron Simmons were a tag team. I mean, they were, they were unstoppable. So, um going to be totally missed one of my favorites gone pete rock you guys want to jump in um i don't want to say no and uh be disrespectful like that but um you know it's always sad to see 
um, you know, somebody of that caliber pass away. But, you know, obviously we're talking about him uh, prior to the podcast. We were talking about people that leave their mark on pro wrestling. And he's one of those guys, you know, just like Dimitri and Lars said and and you and you, Dennis. So, you know, um, it's it's sad, uh, you know, but I'm probably when we're done here, going to go watch some uh, Butch Reed on, uh, uh, you know, on the network or something like that. Rocky. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I wasn't as familiar with his his work. Um, you know, I, I didn't really grow up watching WCW. Uh, you know, I was a WWF kid growing up. And that's really the only thing that we had uh, growing up here in LA. So I wasn't as familiar, but I, I'm definitely uh, interested in checking out his stuff, like Petey said, probably after this podcast, because uh, it's a name that I'm familiar with and you hear throughout, you know, your, your, your days in wrestling. But, um, you know, just, you know, got to check them out and it's a sad thing to lose uh somebody who's that important to a lot of people you know stark 890 that's the first place i would send you guys that's awesome i'm sorry i just wanted to say something that the beauty and the wrap around what dennis said about the love of our podcast is because i get educated and i learn about all this stuff even though like the the guys say but it's the education to who Doom was and who all these guys that it, it's more of a cultural thing. So I watch a lot of videos and my education is through a lot of these conversations. I, Dennis and I are opposite in our taste, but I go look at this stuff because that's what wrestling's about to me. And that's what this show is about. And, you know, back to your thing, Justin, about Petey and Rocky are are guys and i know what it is appreciated inside the locker room for everything they do and that's what all means to guys like us so that, that's Amazing. the power of this podcast from the inside and then it bleeds out so that's the dmac moment <laughs> i'm amazed too you, you know dimitri mentioned uh stuff from from decades ago lars mentioned uh, dennis you mentioned st 1990 it's not like butch reed's had any anything recent it's it, he, his stuff to me the toughest thing to do is to have stuff that's you know it's timeless like i think of butch reed i think i could just I, you could picture him you can see his, you can see his work the doom stuff still holds up decades later like to me that's a that's a superstar like that's somebody who who is larger than life and 30 years after his stuff after certain matches you still remember it with with such vivid moments such vivid memories i'm not sure there's a greater praise you could put on a, on a on our performer than that with that said you know butch we were all fans so good luck on the other side my friend all right it's the only wrestling podcast on earth with two major league baseball all-stars one who is not here being replaced by justin barrasso from sports illustrated one who is dimitri young we have one four-time stanley cup champion darren mccarty we have lars frederickson from rancid we have the Canadian destroyer, P.D. Williams. How's she going, eh? There you go. And on trial, the congressional hearings of one Rocky Romero. Rocky, I warned you that I'm shocked you said yes to this. I, I told everybody. I was like, he said yes. I can't believe it. I think it was Lars who threw out like, oh, man, we should get – because we were I, – I popped. I, I popped at the end of uh, – what was it? AEW. And – we all did, I think. And and I think I put it mm -hmm. the end of AEW was more impactful than seeing Kenny Omega on uh, Impact. 
and for me personally, because I'm a New Japan fan, and holy cow, you said yes. Here we are. We're going to pepper you with a ton of insider questions. I regretted that right when I sent the text and I said yes. I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Immediately. Immediately. I'm going to hold you under a microscope tonight, Rocky. Sorry. (laughs) I got some questions, Dennis. When can I go? You know what, Lars? Lars, you're lucky I grew up a Rancid fan. Correctly. You didn't preface it correctly how it happened. You know, like that's why I'm here for the truth. What had happened was Kentish showed up, we all popped, and I said, didn't I call this about the interaction? Lars said, give Rocky a call, let's have him on, and you didn't. Then you said, Rocky said yes, and we're like, lock him in, lock him in before he can get off. <laughs> That's how it went down, Rocky. You know, and I didn't even have Damn. the big LG lean on you. Right, right, right. And in so. Dustin, just so you know, you jump in. Don't don't be meek because the meek don't get their answers, their questions answered on the show. I think the Bible said the meek will one day inherit the earth, but that uh, probably uh, not, so I'll speak okay. up. Thanks. Not on this, not on this podcast. There's right. no Jesus. There's no God. It's just us, guys. All right. <laughs> All right. So I'm gonna start off and set the tone for this podcast, Rocky, and just ask you, how did this come down? When did you know about it? Um, damn. Okay. Right to, right to, <laughs> I mean, I, all right. So just, right I'm going to, I'm going to do my best into not see like, Give away first, too much. first of all, the, th- the, and this is a, some, a conversation I've had many times with Justin Barrasso. So he, he'll, he can back me up on this. You know what I do with new Japan behind the scenes. I try to do my best to kind of keep them behind the scenes. I'm, you know, like new Japan is such an old school, way of thinking and like you know like you know the guys who who are in charge and do things or stuff behind the scenes try to stay behind the scenes so that you know we don't ruin the 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 magic that is new japan you know because i feel like that's kind of the cool part is is like you're not really sure exactly how it works some to some parts and i feel like that's been kind of lost because we're so used to now uh you know giving all the info you know what i'm saying so so I'm going to do my, I'm going to do my best to try to keep a little bit of that. And then I may speak kind of strangely. Sometimes uh, gals, gals and Anderson say that it's TR rock when I go into those kind of weird ways of talking, but uh, I'll do my best. But um, you know, uh, the idea of the whole thing with, with obviously, you know, it really goes down to Kenta and Moxie and how Moxie is basically kind of, the centerpiece of like all this, right? Like he, he really is, you know, like as much as you want to say Kenny is, but I, I really feel like uh, Mox is right. Because impact even came to coming to AEW, you know, was to work with Moxie, obviously alongside of Kenny, then, you know, Kenta coming to AEW showing up on dynamite really from one reason, one reason only. And that's because John Moxley is the, you know, IWGP US heavyweight champion. And um, this thing, kind of got put together it wasn't you know we we got the okay for moxley to come to new japan strong which is every friday night and njpwworld.com and uh that's kind of where it all started not knowing that kenta was going to be an AEW, you know really like that kind of came kind of later and kind of quickly got put together and and uh you know everybody seemed to be excited to, you know, to, to work together because they knew it was going to be, you know, promotion wise, it's going to be fucking mega huge because nobody was expecting it or, you know, and, and like the relationship with new Japan and AEW hasn't been a good one, you know, like, you know, 
it, it's you know even though Tony Tony Khan has been you know very cool with um, letting Jericho bring the AEW title uh, at last year's Wrestle Kingdom and uh, you know little things like that. I mean, it, it just wasn't really a great uh, situation when the Bucks and Kenny and Cody left New Japan. It it, it just really wasn't so. Um, for it to kind of happen this way and kind of organically happen. And, you know, when both companies are, um, you know, are doing, are doing well, but, you know, during this pandemic has kind of changed everything too, you know, like just the way that we do business. So uh, here was an opportunity to do something really cool for the fans and both companies kind of benefited from it. You know, Rocky, if, if, if that, if that news, I mean, new Japan is so good about keeping their business internal, if that had leaked, before and Dynamite's been AEW's been good too. Sting was a great surprise, right? Uh, right. What surprises earlier? Sting really caught people off guard. If the Kenta news had broke or, or had leaked ahead of time, is that something that would have severely damaged the, our relationship that, that clearly is growing? Uh, yeah, I would think so. I would think so, to be honest. Uh, you know, yeah, like I said, I mean, we've had so many conversations, you, you and I, Justin, and and uh, you know how important you know, keeping information is until it actually is, is announced or, uh, you know, it comes out then, you know, the way that, that time, the timeline, cause the timeline for us is important when we release like information, it's because that's what pushes our storylines, you know, cause our storylines are, are different. You know, we don't have a show every Monday that, you know, we, we can put out, you know, the information, keep it going. It's like, it's really thought out ahead of time. Like, if uh, the match is this day, then we're going to release this information this day. And that's why you don't know what the cards are until, you know, and a lot of fans, you know, they don't like that to not know the cards. Uh, you know, they're just kind of blindly buying tickets, but you got to also know that new Japan, uh, you know, we have, we should have that trust by now that, you know, we're going to give you a great fucking product. That's why, you know, it's just certain things got to happen to, to progress the storyline so we can get there and actually announce it, you know? So Rocky, agree with, like you could disagree with me or whatever, but it seems like with this big merger that's that's going on, um, you know, we've seen it looks like AEW is kind of the centerpiece. I mean, I don't know if you'd agree. Like, obviously, you see uh, the Good Brothers from Impact going to AEW. You see Kenny Omega, you know, Matt Hardy, Private Party going to uh, Impact. You see uh, Kenta from New Japan going to AEW. Um, obviously Moxley's doing stuff with uh, New Japan and stuff like that. Who knows what's going to happen next? Do you see this being a trend now with other companies? Like just to name a few, like Ring of Honor might want to jump on the bandwagon or like uh, an MLW or even like Shimmer, you know, like kind of the, the, the mainstream like uh, indie type wrestling companies you, th you feel like they're going to jump on? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it's very possible i i know with um new japan strong uh you know which is the american for the people who don't know is is uh are like our our american produced uh hour-long uh i guess you could call it tv show um that you know it's got three matches it's a studio style show you know it, it's kind of packaged kind of old school in that like 80s 90 early 90s kind of vibe but you know the wrestling is really the centerpiece and the focus and it's like new japan style wrestling just it happens to be wrapped in this kind of uh world but um 
I, I feel like that has been a set, like, like what you're talking about. You know, we have, uh, you know, support from Ring of Honor. We had like, you know, we did the J Cup with Chris Bay, you know, from Impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have Tom Lawler, who's who's under contract with MLW. Uh, and the, and um, we got guys from the independents like GCW guys that are completely unsigned. Uh, Danny Limelight, who's going back and forth from AEW and and uh, our show. So like, uh, I feel like that's kind of just been a really uh, like a mix. And that's kind of what I think is important on what's going to make, you know, New Japan strong, cool. Then we got John Moxley to join in, you know, which was, which was like, you know, the cherry on top. Cause that's obviously, you know, just a mega, mega name. So, you know, I think, a, you know, AW for sure is, is definitely the centerpiece because, you know, they have, you know, the biggest audience, you know, out of, out of all of us, especially here in the U S you know, so I feel like it's easy to, um, you know, nobody wants to forget that because we're promotional wise. I mean, we're going to get the biggest promotion, you know, out of everybody kind of meeting in that middle ground with AEW, you know, so, but I, but I want to throw strong, who's probably the smallest fish in this, in this pond, you know, between impact and AEW. Uh, but I feel like, uh, you know, this is another place where you can see all these different people coming from different companies wrestling on one show, you know, which, which I think is pretty, pretty special. So like the Moxley show, we're going to have, you know, people from all kinds of different, you know, wrestling promotions. And it's going to be, you know, really cool. Um, kind of athlete. As a former athlete, what I love about the wrestling um, with the AEW Impact is the fact that the continuity, and it seems like more the wrestlers have a voice, and it's shifting than it used to be with the dictatorship. And and you see that because even talking shop a mania characters are showing up on Impact, and every time I see Doc Gallows BTE or do something, Sex Ferguson comes out. Can you like that? To me, seems like. Can you talk about where it feels more like the wrestlers have a lot of say and even behind the scenes? Yeah, I think definitely. I mean, you got to think about it, you know, all, all like just between the good brothers, you know, I've, Moxley. I mean, we all, we're definitely all a part of the same generation. We all have the same understanding, which I think is super important. You know, it's not like, like we all knew each other before we got popular, you know, that's basically what I want to say. Like we're all on the indies together. We're all somewhere together, you you know, worked with each other or on the same show or friends of friends. So I feel like that's super important in making all this work. And that's why the relationships are strong. And even if um, the people who, who control the money or the people who are in charge, you know, they, they all trust us individually. So that if we say like, Oh, we want to do this thing with, impact or they want to do this thing with AEW, then that it means a lot because our relationships and bonds are already like super strong. So we know that there's not going to be any like fuckery or anything behind the scenes as, and nobody's trying to stab each other in the back. Like that may be a thing of the past. I think this generation is, is more clued into uh, trying to make things work and trying to make a real mark on professional wrestling while we can, you know, and it just so happens that we are all in these positions to make that happen. Lars? Yeah, you know. I invest I, in it. And you got the investment of the fans. So the, the, that's the what it is because it's real. Right. Um, you know, I've been a fan, obviously, of New Japan for a very, very long time. You know, whether it be through the, the um, tape trading or actually going there to my first, in Japan and seeing my first match there like 20 years ago. And then watching how everything's kind of sort of um, evolved. I, I'm, I'm, I'm curious, you know, because of the pandemic, 
what new Japan guys are actually here in the United States currently? Um, I mean, pretty much to be honest, you know, Kenta lives in Florida, uh, and he goes and he has a home also in Tokyo. So he goes back and forth. Um, and then besides that, uh, it's just the, you know, the U S talent, you know, that, that live here, Jay, Tama, Juice, Finley, myself, uh, Chase Owens, that that's probably, you know, probably the, those, those are the crew that's more likely available. The, um, the, the Japanese guys, for the most part, you know, they can come back and forth, but, uh, you know, they, there's a two week quarantine in Japan. So, uh, that's mandatory. So it, it just kind of depends. And the thing is now is the schedule has changed so much because only being able to have 40% capacity or 50% capacity, depending on the area in Japan, it, it's very likely that they've just added more and more shows to the schedule. So now it's like, uh, you know, instead of having whatever, if we had 15 to 20 shows in a month, now, you know, there's probably going to be, you know, five or six more, eight more probably added to the, to the schedule, you know, just to make up for, um, you know, the capacity issue. So uh, obviously when that gets a little better, you know, I would say like mid-year or third quarter, uh, I think that it's going to be a little easier for people to travel back and forth, you know, from the U.S. Well, you know, all, the, all the work that you do behind the scenes, you know, one of the things that's, that's kind of I've been thinking about is like, how is the booking happening? Because obviously you got guys from AEW, guys got, you know, Impact, now New Japan. Like, how is that booking going to work and who decides what? Uh, we got one master booker and he has a, he's the guy, same guy who's been doing it since uh, 2009, I believe I want to say. And uh, he's, he basically uh, is in charge of all, controls it all. And uh, he's, got, he's got a small group of people that he trusts. Um, to kind of give him idea and bring him ideas and uh, you know, as well as taking the wrestlers ideas and um, just kind of, but it, it, we've got one guy that, that, that he does it all, you know, Rock, how true is that Algato, the stories? And I think he's touched on it before, never in an interview that we've done together, but I think you've mentioned this too. Is, is that accurate? As far as you know, his, his affinity for, for old school, Texas wrestling, dusty roads, you can see a little bit of that in his style. Do you, have you talked to him about that? I know that that's kind of, to me, that's a very fascinating piece of, of his, his wrestling past. Yeah, that's, he loves that stuff. He loves like, uh, the, you know, the old studio shows. He loves um, all the old stuff. Uh, Memphis, he's a, he still watches, uh, you know, uh, Memphis wrestling as far as I know, and like goes back and watches all the old stuff. And, uh, you know, I think he takes a lot of ideas from, from those old days as well. And then mix them, mixes them in with, um, like movies, you know, he loves gangster movies and things like that, you know? So he, you'll see like, you know, I'm sure the cleaner Kenny Omega, like that was from some kind of movie that he saw and he saw somebody was a cleaner and he took that idea and, and you know, and then Kenny turned it into a guy with a fucking room. room. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was his take on it, you know? So, uh, you know, but that, but that's what the cool thing is, you know, and, and I think that's what makes uh, him special is he had the idea of like, he was thinking this fucking mob hitman, you know, gives it to Kenny and Kenny's thinking, oh, should I, the, the mob hitman is cool for the look, but I'm going to, you know, I'm going to clean up the competition literally and start using brooms and shit like that. And then he doesn't stop him. You know, he doesn't stop and say like, no, that's not what I was thinking. You know, where in most pro wrestling companies, that would, that would be it. He said, you know, Take it, make it yours, go with it, just, you know, make it work. 
And, and, you know, so there's a lot of trust, um, I think, uh, when it comes to, you know, New Japan and, and kind of how the booking works. Hey, Rocky, how's everything going? I'm still waiting on that phone call. (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) Sorry, but it's um, been a little hectic. (laughs) But anyway, this is geared towards you and Petey, because I'm just curious on, for y'all being in-ring performers and then switching over to the other side and becoming a producer and doing all these big things right now. And, and how do how do you make that transition? I mean, this is for both of y'all. How do you make that transition? I guess it's kind of like a player becoming a coach or something like that. But I mean, what is it? Because y'all are, it seems like y'all are more in depth with what's going on with the product going forward. Go ahead, go first, right? Yeah, okay. yeah, go ahead. Actually, Rocky, I believe, was present in my first match ever produced. He probably doesn't even remember, do you, Rocky? Was that um like <laughs> like a lockdown or t- in TNA? Was that no. was that was it, it was uh Lucha Libre USA? Oh, oh, out of nowhere, right? We'll talk yeah. about that in a little bit, but uh <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is what it comes down to, and you can kind of see the transition, and I'm sure Rocky was the same way. You've been in the the business and the, the you know wrestling business for long enough and you know what to do on tv you're you're trained to like this is how tv performs like none of us walk out there and are like fully groomed like you have to realize where the cameras are all that kind of, and then eventually you just kind of learn from the agents that and the producers that you know that that the agent and produce your match and then you start pointing out like like oh th- this could be done better this could be done better and then people trust you and then you just make that transmission a lot of the times i like doing it better because you know i'm not like super athletic but i could you know agent like uh i don't know like a the rascals or whatever the guy i know they're not there anymore but like a trey miguel and he could do everything and i'm like hey why don't we try this like let's do that super duper 450 whatever whatever that's something i can't do um but the transition i would say is easy the tough part and i don't know if you've been in this spot rocky but when you have a a show and you're you're doing television and then you're actually wrestling on the same show and you're like okay i have to produce this match and then you know i have two matches then it's my match i gotta wrestle then you have to go back and produce the next match and so like that's the challenging part yeah that's difficult that's extremely difficult um very stressful days those are you know and you know especially like being a, a you know i'm still a guy who's trying to still i feel like prove himself constantly you know because i feel like uh you know the generation that's watching wrestling now and especially the generation that's this generation that's watching new japan pro wrestling has no fucking clue what i did you know before <laughs> you know 2000 and fucking you know 15 or 16 17 you know so um so I, I feel like, yeah, like even just last year in the best super junior, everybody was like, they were sad that Rocky Ramirez and they're like, Oh, why is the commentator guy in, in the tournament? Like that sucks, you know? So like I had to prove myself then. So like, uh, I don't want to take away from those matches, but like the good thing is, is being able to do this so long. Right. PD is like, you become good at it. Hopefully or enough for like, you know what to do and when to do it. And like, just focus on the things that are important and then kind of strip away all the, all the, all the BS that, you know, so like sometimes not having the time to, uh, to try to make all these details and, and make this a really good match is, is better because a lot of shit just kind of happens naturally and you give yourself that little space to do that. So, um, 
that's 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 kind of fun discovering those things when you're not have, like overthinking everything you know so mm-hmm. um but uh yeah besides that i mean i i just i just try to like say all the things that people have told me i try to just give whoever i'm producing or the next generation like you know like I, I, those those nuggets that really have changed my way of thinking i i you know I, I try to, you know, instill in, in, in the next gen and then, but like new Japan is, like I said, is so open in, in the fact that like, uh, you know, we don't look for cameras. So I said, I tell, tell them to take away that, take it away. Don't even worry about, look, there's a guy in a truck who's going to find you and they're professionals. You don't worry about the cameras, let the cameras find you. That's one less thing you got to worry about that, you know, cause we're, we're so focused on like making sure you know you can focus on what you're doing in the ring and making it as tight and look as good as possible strip that one away you know and then you know so uh you know there there's certain rules that we we do that that maybe even go against the grain of like uh you know how tv wrestling is made you know in in the states and i don't know if it's going to work <laughs> or not but uh but i'm just gonna i'm gonna continue to try to make the product that we're doing in japan but try to do it here in the states you know I think 10 days ago, the odds-on favorite for 2021 MVP was Kenny Omega up until last week when Moxley and Kinta hit the scene. And I think that changes everything as far as who is going to be the leader in the clubhouse going into 2022. But I, I have to ask you, based on that moment, do in such this is such a raw, fresh thing that you guys are filling out. Nobody is quite sure what's going to happen. Have you guys kind of put a plan in place on how to at least ask talent to go from different shows? Do they have the freedom? Is it kind of, I, I don't even know how to even ask that question. No, I think everything, you know, is, uh, you know, everything's got to be set up through, you know, the proper channels and, you know, everybody's got to know about everything. It's not, it's definitely not a, a free for all type thing. And to be honest, I don't think anybody really knows at what's going to happen long term you know everything right now is 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 extremely from moment to moment and kind of very short term and uh i think that's for the good of the fans to be honest because it key and and it's good for everybody else because there's a lot of moving parts you know there's so many moving parts especially you have three major companies working together there's so many fucking moving parts so it, it'd be hard to really you know be too thinking too long term with this you know that's not so unusual, though, for Japan, though, has had to have, you know, they do these big shows, the Tokyo Dome shows and stuff like that, where they do the cross promotion stuff. I mean, there is like a blueprint for that. So, I mean, obviously, there's a lot of ways you can fuck this up. And I'm sure ego and money, you know, like it destroys everything. But is I guess what I, I my question to you is, is like, since there is a blueprint, do you see any similarities of uh, what's happening now over here in the States? following that blueprint from japan um i you know i i can't speak for you know what happens between impact and AEW, but i i could you know for the new japan side you know yeah i think 100 there's a blueprint and they've done it so many times with uh you know really high stakes when you go back to like uh the new japan uwfi feud or new japan war or any of these things i mean it's so much of a give and take to, you know, to try to make sure that everybody gets wins out of it, you know, and it's not just a one-sided deal. So, um, you know, I, I think we'll just, you know, that, that same blueprint has, is kind of tested and proven and keep it as simple as possible. I think works for everybody. Lars, that's such a good point. As far as, 
people are always going to get in the way of each other. You know, you look at uh, Okada in an interview with, with Sports Illustrated around the new year mentioned he wants a super show in 2021. That interview is, you know, with a translator. Certain things, I don't know if they're going to get to me if New Japan really wouldn't want it out there. Like they, they trust Okada. They want his message out there. Okada mentioned AAA and CMLL. I, I don't know. I mean, Rocky, would they ever work together? I'm even surprised that New Japan's involved with Impact because it's nothing recent, right? But it's, it's the way Naito was booked. It's the way Okada was booked. And we're dating ourselves. That's not like that's recent history. That's ancient history. But even the, the two biggest promotions in Mexico, CMLL and AAA, like, could they work together? I mean, Lars's point was great. Like, it, on paper, it seems so perfect, but right. it's always getting the way. You know what? I, I, I don't know. You know, and I've been caught in the middle of that feud personally. Uh, back in my day when I switched from CMLL and showed up on AAA TV, you know, <laughs> and, uh, and then uh, so badly that CMLL, when I, when I rejoined New Japan in like 2011, after all that, CMLL was still pissed off at me and they tried to tell New Japan not to use me, you know, like, so, um, so, I mean, I mean, I, I couldn't do Fantastic Mania until, uh, which is like the CMLL tour in Japan yearly. Uh, yearly tour and I wasn't able to do that until like just a couple of years ago so I mean the the heat was strong there so um, you know I I think the pandemic has changed things though at least you would you would think that here in this moment where the world is just taking a fucking beating just taking a beating that like here's a great moment to put the ego aside put the other things aside and let's try to work together so that you know, we can continue to feed all our families and give back to the fans who are going through a tough time, you know, and I, and I think that that's what is really kind of important. And maybe that kind of sounds sappy in a way, but I think that that's really the truth. It's like, here's a moment where like, we can actually do things to help each other instead of going the other way. And there's always going to be the big guy in the corner, always consistently watching us and trying to screw all of us over right so like why not be cool with each other because there's always the other guy who's just gonna be you know ready to pounce at any second and, and you know and, and wants us to fail wants us all to fail you know so rocky this sounds like um we read between the lines and that um big man in the corner sounds like y'all are grouping up together to go against the big bad machine in Connecticut. Is, is, am I fair in saying that? Because I kind of like how everybody's merging together and, and joining forces, because that reminds me of the old territorial days when I first got into wrestling, you know, seeing guys jump in in different places and bringing more excitement. So is that really the reason? I mean, I, I don't think that that's the, the necessarily the reason, but I think, I think it's definitely uh, in the background you know, we're all thinking about it. You know, I, th I think definitely, you know, because there's competition, there's competition. competition, right? right? Like right. more, it's more like, you don't care what they're doing anymore. It's not a fight. It's just like, we know where we're going. We know what we're up against. Hey, let's all do this. Here's the win-win because we will see it where, because like you said, with, we all are going through the COVID and it really like fucked the, you know, the world, but it's made people realize what they like and truth, you know, truth set you free. And it's the, like talking shop of mania. It's, it's not only the podcast, it's, it's the fact that you put it out there that you guys know that it's, it's, you know, the way that it is behind the curtain that everybody loved. And then it goes to, 
My question is about you, Rocky, as the as the wrestler. Um, I'm saving my money so I could give it to Lance Ar- to pay you to, to wrestle Lance Archer in a cage. I heard I like your style. Hey, dude, <laughs> never say never. There's always money. But as far as preparing as a wrestler, like you, I heard a couple interviews about you getting back in and. Is it getting closer about competing and and being a part of, uh, you know, more than you have because you haven't been able to? Like, your top 10, if we did a top 10 list of guys who got screwed by the COVID, your storyline was, you know, you talked about it. So, are you ready to get back at it? Because you're going to be 40 soon, bro. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, the, I, I feel like, you know, 40 is, is the date there, you know, there's some goals and things that I want to accomplish, you know, I want to be like, you know, junior champion, I, you know, I, I don't want, I don't want people to just, especially like this generation, like I said, you know, I don't like, I don't want them to like, they don't necessarily have to like, look me up and see like what I did before that. But, you know, I just don't, I, I would love to be a, a player for a moment too, though, and like, and do something that, you know, just makes people feel you know, and, and makes people care and, and like, oh man, that, what a great moment that was like when Rocky, you know, what, like, uh, you know, cause I am, you know, uh, right now I'm pretty much like a, a bench player, you know? So I, I would love to have just a, a, a great, a, you know, a big moment in a big game, you know, that, you know, like throw me the ball, you know, let me, do, let me fucking hit the last shot, you know, like, like some kind of, something bro. cool, you know, you're a you know grind liner. And that's a, good, that's a compliment. <laughs> that's all I want. You know, I think that's all I want. And, um, you know, I, I love this business so much. I love professional wrestling so much. You know, I love what all the things that we've been able to do in New Japan over the last few years. Um, so I just, I, I want to, I don't know, I just want to be a part of, I, I want to be a part of it, you know, on the field. Just, you know, a, co- a couple times, you know. So we'll see. Well, maybe we need to bring back, um, well, you know, one th- look at Rocky, like, I want to talk about your wrestling real fast. And I know we're, we're you know, we're, you're doing a lot of behind the scenes stuff, but, you know, the, the, one of the things that I wanted to talk about is your Black Tiger run, because I mean, you're, you're holding a legacy with Rollerball Rocco, fucking Silver King, Eddie Guerrero, you know, and you're there to back, battle Tiger Mask, who, you know, is one of my all time favorites. I want to say I saw, I didn't know it was you at the time. I'm pretty sure I was at a, at a show at Kurikan when you went against Tiger Mask. And I want to say it was 2006, maybe 2005, yeah. 2006. Yeah. That was my, that was my run. Yeah. That was my, those are my years. Yeah. And I, and I had no idea it was you. Um, you know, I found out obviously later, but that, 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 um, that aura of like not knowing the results, not knowing um, you know, a, a lot of the fans these days want to know everything that they possibly can. They want to know what happens, you know, before it even freaking happens. Um, as far as like, and then you've been talking about how, like you're saying, fans don't even remember you or whatever. Um, but if you were going to go back and say this era of my wrestling career, if I wanted to teach somebody or show somebody what I'm capable of doing, as opposed to the now, because you know a lot more now, but in those first, in those tentative years, what, what's, what, what's something you'd point out? Uh, yeah, I'd probably point out, I mean, there, there was a couple of big moments, like, like my first big break was 2003 when I went over to CMLL and it was uh, myself, TJP, Bobby Quantz, who's a guy we haven't seen from in a long time, uh, against uh, Volador, Ricky Marvin, and Virus. Uh, you know, 
not household names here in, in the states, but some badass motherfuckers. And you know, we kind of really had a a moment to to kind of rechange the game in 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 Mexico. And like, if oh, you talk to like people who watch CMLL, it's such like an old school wrestling company, you know, like where. Uh, you know, there's, they were still kind of doing stuff from like the eighties and like early nineties, like when we showed up, you know, in 2003, it was like that kind of wrestling Then we came up and, you know, we're doing like, uh, you know, more, a more current style, the, you know, the six of us were so much, we're like, you know, the first time ever in my life, we, we have this match in arena Mexico and fans are throwing money. Like they threw like two grand into the ring that night. You know, so then it was so good that and the ratings were so good that week that they said, oh, we're going to add you guys to the anniversary show, which was they had no plans for us to be on. They threw us on. And then uh, we had another match there. They threw like five grand into the into the. <laughs> it was crazy. It was crazy. Then we just started touring all across uh, Mexico. We just do this match all across Mexico and like every city and everywhere we'd go because they saw it on TV, people would just throw money into the ring after it. And, you know, so like, uh, I talked to, to Mystico, the original Mystico, uh, who's the original Sin Cara in, in, in WWE. And, uh, you know, we had a conversation about it one time and, and he said, uh, I, I thought you, what you guys are doing was so amazing. Cause you guys changed kind of like, what the the next generation was going to do with Lucha Libre. They were going to mix it in with like uh, American uh, independent wrestling and a little stuff from Japan and like start changing what, uh, you know, Mexican wrestling was. And you saw that, right? Like, like that actually did happen. So, and he, he said, you know, I used to pay, he said, I was just a fan. He said, me and my wife would pay when, when, when we saw that you guys were going to be on the shows, we would pay to, you know, to go watch these matches. Cause they were, you know, to us, they were incredible, you know? So like, that's one thing, uh, that little series of stuff, the black tiger, you know, uh, section of my, of my career, obviously, I mean, that was the, the kind of the next big thing. And then I think later on, uh, you know, any of the tag stuff, but I, I really think the, the Rapungi vice stuff with, with Trent and I, and, you know, especially all the stuff that we did with the Bucks. I mean, uh, we were just reminiscing the other day that, you know, how incredible some of those matches were. The, the Tokyo Dome one. I think we had a crazy one in Rio Goku. The, the couple of four ways that we had with Red Dragon and uh, Seidel and Ricochet were, were just nutty. So I, I feel like lost that, the triple threat with the with the with the Hardys, too. And you guys, oh, yeah, forgot about that. Yeah, you guys, that, that was your night. Like the Bucks were great, the Hardys were great. You and Trent stole the show. That was a pay per view. I think it was an anniversary show. For yeah, Rainbow. that was yeah. ROH night for you guys. Yeah, I mean, and like to share the space with like two big teams like that. I mean, the Hardys, legends, right? And then Young Bucks, you know, greatest tag team that's probably ever lived. And then you know, you throw Trent and I in there, who were kind of a team that just kind of got thrown together, but then had this weird chemistry and magic, you know, and then, you know, I felt like we held our own against those, you know, two big teams. So, uh, yeah, that's what, that was a great match too. Fuck. Let me, let, me jump, let me jump in here because you brought up something that was super interesting to me about your, what you want to do before you turn 40, but let's say right now, what you're doing behind the scenes is changing wrestling and we don't know how amazing it is until five, six years from now. And you're part of this movement. You, you know, you were part of bringing New Japan into this fold. If your legacy 
ends with you being known as one of the forefathers to create this like triad of American wrestling to go up against WWE. Would you be happy with that as your legacy being known as that guy? Well, you're thinking. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's cool to add to it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm not going to say no, right? <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I think that'd be obviously something really special. I mean, this is, I th like I said, I think this is the time to to make these type of moves and, and really try to create something special. And, um, you know, going forward, you know, my main goal, you know, I I'm signed with New Japan for a long time, you know, so like my job is to make, new japan pop you know as much as i can and if you know and thank god that they've uh trusted me so much over the last couple of years it seems like more and more and i'm in a position that really no foreigner has ever been in like no non-japanese person has ever been and ever touched the things that i'm doing right now and how much trust they have uh in me so um that's pretty crazy too i, I guess that'll be something we'll add to the legacy maybe one day when i write a book and i can talk about all this shit but um uh <laughs> But yeah, um, yeah, I mean, I, I want to change things, you know, and I want to I want to really put New Japan on the map in the U.S. Uh, more than ever. You know, I don't want us to just be the the group that comes and, and does one show a year. And yeah, we sell it out and it's like, great. No, I want to like make an actual footprint. Uh, so to not only to train wrestlers, you know, bring them to have them go from Japan and America and vice versa. I want to take New Japan strong to Japan. I want to be able to do like yearly tours, you know, with with guys that are just like branded from New Japan strong and, you know, basically make our own version of like an NXT. But it's, it, it, you know, it's better than that. You know, it, it's more than than just a developmental. It's a little bit part developmental, but it's also like you come and you you see, you know, big New Japan stars as well. This is my last question, guys, and then we'll all kind of wrap it up with our own last questions because Rocky has given us so much time here. But let me let me ask this because this kind of falls right into what my one of my questions was, was what does New Japan Strong and New Japan, do they both hope to gain two different things from I, this talent swap or are they both on the same page of what they hope to gain? Um, You know, it's hard to say, you know, because, you know, we can only go so far because of the pandemic, you know, like it's still hard to get visas and take people over to Japan. So, which I think gives the opportunity of new Japan strong to really grow, you know? So like maybe the good brothers, you know, they can't go to Japan, but maybe they can come to new Japan strong, you know, maybe Kenny can't go to Japan, but maybe he can come to new Japan strong. Maybe the bucks, you know, you know, maybe, maybe Petey Williams. I don't know. You know, I mean, anything is kind of, kind of open right now. And um, I, I think that, all things kind of point toward New Japan Strong because that's the easy alternative, especially during all this craziness. You know, that's something that for sure we can make happen. So um, it gives the opportunity for for the you know this 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 little show that was made for New Japan World, you know, to really grow and maybe get more eyes on it. A, uh, B, maybe people want to up their subscription, you know, with with New Japan World. And maybe we could see Strong, you know, join another streaming platform or maybe, you know, a, 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 some other TV channel would be interested with, with all the traction stuff that we're getting. So I think it's all good, you know, and, and either way, it's all good for professional wrestling in all the companies, you know, so I think that's, that's the most important thing and, the, and really the fans are going to benefit the most. No, Rock, the, the, you just said it, the possibilities are endless. All right. So let, let's skip. This is giving me my only question. Well, one more. 
Um, <laughs> po- endless possibilities. Talk and shop a mania. All right. Okay. So do you see other people like from New Japan and stuff coming to talk and shop a mania? I mean, this whole merging stuff blows my mind because you're currently under contract. I've been under several, several contracts. I know there's always these no compete clause or anything like that. So, you know, Kenta showing up to AEW is already a breach of contract, which blows my mind. Um, but it is what it is. So talk, talk and shop a mania. If you were, I know you're not the only booker of it, but if you were booking it, how do you envision, uh, if there is a three or, um, you know, maybe how would you book a three? You know, I, I haven't really thought about at like how we'll, we'll really have access to probably, you know, we possibly could have access to all three companies. Um, shit. I don't know how much we could do with the new Japan guys. There's, you know, they're not really like, I don't know if they're really talking shop a mania material to the way I don't know if we'll get in trouble <laughs> doing, oh, yeah, dick, doing dick jokes with Kenta or something like that. But. <laughs> well, hey, well, what's going to be now? I, I envision this. I have, I, I don't know. I, I don't like to know what happens on one and two. I, I just want to watch it, you know, with, with you guys pretty much. And, um, just laugh and have a good time. It's, it's my kind of wrestling because we're kind of making fun of the business and I think right. it's more for the boys. That's what I really think. 100%. <laughs> but um, now you look at the, the matches, the main, you know, draw of the matches, the, the ball for a ball. What was the first one? Um, uh, uh, boner yard, right? Boner yard, yeah. Boner yard, boner yard, guess, yard <laughs> If I had to guess what the next one is, it's going to be something where everybody gets lit on fire just based on what's happening like over the past <laughs> little bit. Am, am I right? I mean, it could be that. Uh, I don't know if we could afford a budget of lighting somebody or something no, on CGI, fire, man. Like you could do, we could like, do CGI really we, lame. We might be able to do. Yeah. I'll We've, volunteer. <laughs> yeah. DMAC to volunteer. Great. Um, yeah. We'll figure something. I don't know. That's a good question. I don't know. That's a Gallows thing. I leave the main event to Gallows and Anderson because that's that's kind of their their. Yeah, their they're going to work each other. Put themselves yeah. over, like they say, <laughs> right, like you know. Right. The, anyways, that's all I, mean, I got for time. I have this whole crazy idea. I mean, I want to do the longest cinematic match in history and basically yes. just make it the whole pay per view is just one <laughs> cinematic yeah, experience, constant run-ins and all right. that. Right, dude, that's that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. I'm on but your the, but yeah, then it it travels. We teleport to different places, maybe Bill yes. and Ted style. I mean, like I want to do some like really fucking wacky shit, you know? So, teleport to my house so you get more money thrown. You can get some money throwing at me yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just lars throwing six grand hey. at us yeah <laughs> hey rock we always appreciate your time and, and the fellas that i think as a wrestling fan who sees us to know like the wrestling that i put my time and invest in is behind the scenes not only like behind like and the fact that we make fun of it and stuff like that talk about the podcast the t- like Cause how it starts, but the fact that you guys like have, have the booze now you have all these things that have sprouted out from it through the fans and stuff. But I, I always love that. Cause at the heart of it, it's, you know, the three of you that are best friends, which leads back to why new Japan, the fact that the influence that, you know, with Gala and the impact and the relationship, how it works, it makes sense. And it just, I see it playing out from like you you guys talked about maybe five or six years ago. Hey, maybe later on, you know, we have more power. Somebody got this because, you know, I, I just see it playing out the way it is. But talk about how it like started for like a podcast. And you yeah. guys sit around. 
Yeah, the podcast, you know, I mean, we started doing the po- the first rendition of the podcast back in, I think it was like 2015 or 14, maybe. I'm not really sure. And we did that for about a year and a half, you know, Gall- Gallows Anderson and I. And then we constantly had the Bucks on there. We would always force the Bucks, AJ Styles to come in and, and do it, Ricochet. I mean, whoever was on tour, I mean, they would they would ask us, you know, because like really the podcast seems like it was it's it meant perfectly for the boys, like perfectly for wrestlers. And then it just so happens if the fans think it's funny, you know, because that's really it's just it's just locker room humor, you know, that that we're just kind of putting out, uh, in, you know, in front of the world, in front of fans. So uh, it kind of started there. And then, you know, we got tired of it, went away. And then right before the guys got uh, let go from WWE, we had restarted it and it just happened to be, you know, kind of perfect timing because, you know, four or five weeks later they got released and then their next journey was just about to start, you know, and and it's, so we had everybody, all eyes were on us because, you know, we write it right when that happened, we started teasing, you know, talking shop and mania, the first one. And we started, you know, cause everybody wanted to know what the good brothers were going to do. And we kind of just took advantage of that situation. And uh, we've been able to be extremely successful with it. Uh, like you said, we have a, we have a bourbon that we've put out, you know, and it really all has to do with us, you know, having drinks and talking shit. So, you know, we just put out a bourbon, we have a red wine, a white wine, it's all available at tnsmania.com. Uh, then of course the two pay-per-views and, and we're, we're, we're working on so many other things that, that merchandise wise and, um, you, you, you'd be surprised about all the people who call us and we take all our, we take all the meetings, you know, so to see what, what's possibly could be beneficial in growing the brand of talking shop. But eventually, I mean, I could see talking shop, um, kind of being in its, its, its own, uh, like kind of like a label, you know, where we could have other podcasts, you know, maybe it's talking shop, boxing, it's talking shop, baseball, you know, it's talking shop. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many things that I think we could do with it. And, uh, that's, that's, I think eventually the, the, the really big idea that we want to do and, uh, and dabble in. Justin. Hey, 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 I, I wanted to ask before um, Justin and Lars because they have great questions. Mine is a two-parter. One, okay. one, um, with all the stuff that y'all are doing, are you are y'all grooming any of the young guys at the um, New Japan Strong that we're going to be seeing in the future? And then, second, and more importantly, um, the, with the T-shirts, um, Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers were sporting. Um, Bullet Club, did they get the okay to do that? Uh, uh, what was up with that? They did not get the okay to do that. They did not get that. boom. So that so <laughs> boom, right? <there. laughs> they did not get the okay to do that. It was a little strange for a second. I think it's okay now, you know. But um, but I, I it, it was kind of out of left field, and uh, I think everybody was just a little taken aback for a second. But I mean, either way. Uh, I'm sure it was good for Bullet Club t-shirt sales. So, I mean, it, it all worked out in the end. Um, and then- That's why uh, I love the Good Brothers. Forgiveness, <laughs> they, not permission. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fuck them. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, uh, yeah, I mean, New Japan Strong, I mean, 100% is is to find the next generation. Like a bunch of those guys that, that uh, like the Regals, Danny Limelight, um, Barrett Brown, Mysterioso, all those guys were were products of that. Like they actually came in pre-pandemic and trained with Shibata either by doing a camp or doing um, uh, whatever, like a tryout. Then you know either Shibata 
pick them personally, or maybe like I saw them and I, uh, you know, I liked what, what they did. So then um, we brought them, you know, to have this opportunity on New Japan Strong and, and they've become mainstays. Uh, and you know, so, yeah, definitely trying to look for the next generation, even like the, the, a guy called uh, the DKC who started out on Strong as just a, a non-contracted wrestler that uh, Shibata happened to like in one of the, the, the camps. That kid ended up getting picked up and now he's an official uh, young lion at the dojo training with Shibata. So like it, it really is a, a place to find new talent, groom new talent, and also, um, you know, keep our U.S. wrestlers, uh, you know, doing some, you know, cool stuff and cool storylines. And uh, if you would have told me, you know, a year ago that, that we would be having, you know, this, this mega title match, you know, with, you know, the IWGP US title match on February 26 with Moxley and Kenta on strong, I wouldn't have believed it, you know, cause I figured that was definitely going to happen in Japan. Uh, but just, you know, I'm happy that it's happening on strong. Cause like I said, it's going to bring, you know, so many more eyes to it. And uh, you know, I think it's going to be cool, you know, and it's going to be this place where, all these different wrestlers from all these different companies can come and wrestle on this one show. Uh, and, you know, without, you know, too many political barriers. Justin, you get this question, Lars, you can wrap up the show. I, I do, you know, I forget who mentioned it, but somebody mentioned uh, the the beauty of talking chop. I know they've Gallows and Anderson have talked about it, it, WWE want, uh, launched a podcast network and they wanted to have those guys do that show. I, and I love the movie. So this is a compliment, not a, not an insult, but like it reminds me of Wayne's world when they sign with the big network, like I can't pick like, like the whole show. I, I don't know what would work on the WWE network. It wouldn't work. I don't, to me, it, it wouldn't, wouldn't have worked. No, it wouldn't have worked at all. <laughs> the first sentence. It's like, I don't know, but I, and this is the wrong question to end with, but you know, I never have the, the, the right forum. And like, this is a perfect place. I think to ask and having traveled to Tokyo and got a taste of, of uh, new Japan in Japan, it's just a, a different culture. And maybe Dimitri, I don't know in the minors, or in hockey or in music, but it, to me, it's so interesting that some of the wrestlers get sponsored. So like, if you're Hiroshi Tanahashi and you're sponsored, how does that work, Rock, in terms of like, or is Rocky Romero sponsored? Like, can you tell your sponsor? I know it's a lot of families too, right? Can, mm -hmm. Do they take you to a restaurant? It's just, to me, that's something that's such a foreign concept. Or PD could talk about this too. In American wrestling, I don't think there's anything quite like that, but can you touch on the, the I think that's such a fascinating aspect of, of wrestling in Japan. Yeah, I think, you know, it's really a cultural thing. And um, I would say it probably started with like, I'm sure like the sumo culture or something, you know? So like when the sumos would go and, you know, they'd have a, a winning night or something, you know, there would be a sponsor of some sort that would, uh, you know, either be set up through the company or maybe just some through a, a mutual friend or somebody where they would, you know, hey, just say like, hey, you know, you did a great job. We'd love to make sure that you're taken care of, you know, and, and it's, it's a thing of eating well. Maybe, you know, they might give you a gift. They might give you a cash gift. I mean, there's, you know, uh, and it's just a, a, it's just a thank you. And then with wrestling, I think it's really became a big thing, you know, because, you know, we tour all throughout all the different, you know, cities. So, uh, you know, we're, we're, it's very ingrained in like whatever the local government is, you know, so um, you, you might go there, there might be a local promoter, you know, there's a local, you know, somebody you have who's, sponsors? yeah, yeah, no, I've got, I've got sponsors, um, no sponsors during COVID right now, which, which kind of sucks because uh, all the guys are, are, are just basically wrestling and then going back to the hotel rooms. But like, um, 
yeah uh i got tons of sponsors you know they're they're a good time they're good people just you know you really make solid uh friendships and long-lasting relationships with a lot of different folks and um you know really just super cool folks i mean well, some crazy because some crazy ass nights too some crazy crazy fucking <laughs> <nights. laughs> <laughs> but the fighting spirits it's so real in japan if you lose does that affect the relationship like do you still get the dinner if you lose that <laughs> uh, <laughs> You know, yeah, you you might just have to do like a lot of apologizing, like you know, I'm, I'm sorry, you know, I'll get them next time though, I, you know, but it's gonna be okay, you know. You might not get the cash bonus then that time, you know. This is a true, this is a this is a true story though. Akibono, you know, he so he was obviously Grand Suma, like or Grand Yokozuma. He won the whole thing. He had one sponsor. He told us, and uh, that he when he won the the championship. He came back and the sponsor had him meet, you know, he was like very, very like rich dude, like CEO of some big company. And uh, he met him up at, the, uh, up at his suite in his hotel room. The guy said, uh, you know, I'm just so happy. You know, we've been friends for so many years. I feel like this is something that I've always wanted to do when you won the championship. And he gives him a briefcase. Yokozuna or uh, Akibona opens up the briefcase. It was like $250,000 cash just to say thank you for winning the Yokozuna just being his friend. It was fucking wild. I need sponsors like that though. Where are you guys? I want to see your mug on one of those little mini boss coffee cans, like out of the vending machines over there. Get you a Picari or something. Yeah. You know, Tanahashi is on Zima cans right now. You remember Zima, the old school Zima? Yeah, Zima still? Yeah, they got Zima still there. And Tanahashi's doing a high fly flow on them right now, like as we speak. Wow. Lars? Yeah, you know what, Rocky? Once again, thanks so much for taking your time. And I know we kind of drilled you and stuff like that. And one of the things I want to say, though, is, is that uh, we've had you talking on here talking about Talking Shop. We've had you now talking about New Japan. But I would love to have you back. I'm sure we all would to talk about your actual fucking career, because I think, you know, a lot of the stuff that you did is, has been so influential on, on what we're seeing now in wrestling. And I guess my last question is, and, and you know, I've been asking a lot of our, our guests here because I feel like, and I'll say it again, we're at this golden age of wrestling. You know I mean? We're, we're, we're basically, what I feel like is not, it's not really taking on the big guy. It's, it's just like, the, it's like, as Dimitri always points out, it's like the territories again. Um, going from dressing room to dressing room to dressing room, since you guys all have a, you know, camaraderie, you all been wrestling with each other for so long. Do you think that's one of the main reasons why this is working or can work? 100%. I think that that's the, that's the secret sauce to all this is that, uh, you know, we're all friends. I mean, like the bucks came, you know, they were, they came to my wedding. That was the last time I saw them, you know, it was two years ago when they came to my wedding, you know, uh, you know, Gallows, you know, Anderson was my best man gallows, you know, was there for five minutes and then he disappeared. I don't know what happened to him. Um, you know, so like, even like, uh, there's an amazing picture, um, that was taken at my wedding from what, with all the wrestlers. And, uh, one day, one day when, you know, probably 20 years from now, I'll release it. And, and it's just an amazing picture to see who's actually involved in, in that. And, and, and if this thing does do well, you'll see why in it. Cause it, that picture tells the whole story. Justin, where can people find you, buddy? Uh, SI.com uh, every Wednesday, the week in wrestling this week, the lead, we'll have the end, a couple comments on the undertaker, uh, speaking highly of 
Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns, but also an interview with one of Rocky's uh, old friends, uh, the great Muda, who's who's back wrestling and he got a big match oh, next for Pro Wrestling Noah. So uh, that'll be this Wednesday on SI.com. Now, Rocky, uh, promote away because you got 900 things to promote. So we're going <laughs> to save the last 42 minutes of the show for you. <laughs> yeah, at Azuka Rock, A-Z-U-C-A-R-R-O-C on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, RockyRomeroMerch.com. You can get all my merch. Um, but really, New Japan Strong every Friday night on NJPWWorld.com. It's uh, the subscription for New Japan World is like nine bucks. It's well, well worth it. Some amazing matches. You got all the classics from back in the day, uh, as well as all the new stuff. And they're pumping out uh, tons and tons of, uh, uh, of new stuff right now during this new beginning tour. And then February 26 is the big day. Moxie versus Kenta, IWGP US heavyweight title. Not going to want to miss it. It's going to be fucking awesome. Well, for you kids at home, the show's over. For us, we'll stay and say our goodbyes off here. This is, look, wow. One of the, I think Dimitri sent me a text that just said, this might have been the best show we've ever done. And for Dimitri to send a text like that means that's how we have to end this show is the best show I think we've ever done. So thank you for coming back to the Wrestling Perspective for your 900th visit. Uh, we had balloons and strippers, but COVID, we had to cancel them all. So... <laughs> We appreciate you coming on again, buddy. Thank you.